These books are a comprehensive and easy-to-use beginner's method book that includes hours of audio tracks for demonstration and play-along, as well as video lessons by Greg. Greg Bissonette is a modern drummer that needs little or no introduction. His recording and performance credits include his work with so many artists from David Lee Roth, Santana, Don Henley, Manor Ferguson, Spinal Tap, and most recently, Ringo Starr and his all-star band. Kenan Wiley has been the director of percussion studies at Marcus High School in Flower Mound, Texas for over 22 years. He holds a bachelor's and master's degree in music education from the University of North Texas and is active as a clinician and adjudicator throughout the Southwest, as well as serving as the president of the Texas PAS chapter. Kennan is also a freelance performer in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, as well as a member of the Dallas-based jazz group Fingerprints. If you want to support what we do here along the right side of the homepage on the Working Drummer website, you can find buttons for PayPal and Patreon, and any donation in any amount is greatly appreciated. You can follow us on social media, and if you want to be featured on Instagram, post pictures and videos of your gigs using the hashtag Working Drummer. We love seeing what you are all up to. Finally, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube now as well. If YouTube is your choice for streaming audio, every couple weeks we will be putting out a group of 10 episodes for you to visit for the first time or for revisiting the Working Drummer Podcast archives. Please subscribe to this YouTube channel, and leaving a rating and review on any or all of these platforms is very helpful for us. Before we get started, let's do our bi-monthly check-in on Arjuna Contreras as he makes the move from Texas to Nashville. Hey, Matt. Hey, brother. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good, except for the fact that I'm freezing. You're freezing? <laughs> We're up in Minneapolis oh. right now. <laughs> yeah. That you were and, in Texas. Uh, no, the quietest place that I could find is standing outside of our bus right now. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Well, listen, <laughs> and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep this quick for sure. No, no, we're, we're in a garage. Like, uh, I don't know, have you ever played First Avenue in Minneapolis? No, I haven't. It's, you know, it's like the famous venue where, you know, like they shot part of like Prince's Purple Rain, you know, oh, and, wow. uh, and he's, you know, he played there a few times and it, it's, it, it was built at, at like an old bus depot. So like the tour buses pull into this area where like probably like Greyhounds used to pull in. So yeah. I'm kind of in an enclosed space, mm-hmm. but I was, uh, I was out walking through downtown Minneapolis a little bit earlier and uh, I almost turned into a, to an icicle. It's good. It, it is cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. It was great. I went up and you know visited my folks in Wisconsin, and uh, we're, we're, I was up there for the whole week, and then uh, left. Had to leave on the day after on, on Black Friday. I flew down to yeah <clears throat> to Dallas. You know, we had a couple days of rehearsals over the weekend in preparation for leaving on this, this Christmas tour that we just left for. Uh, first show was last night in Omaha. How'd that it went go? really well. Okay. It was good. You know, it was really well. It went really well. There's a few 
few kinks, obviously, but uh, tonight should be, you know, even better. But it's it's a fun show. You know, uh, Reverend Ortiz put out a Christmas, like, rockabilly record a few years back. So we're doing, like, a lot of the songs off of that, in addition to, like, the, the, the regular stuff that we do in our show. And a band called The Blasters is opening the show. Junior Brown is the is the uh, the next act, and he's kind of a kind of a legend in like the country world, especially in Texas. He used to be in a band called Asleep at the Wheel. Yeah, yeah, you know, and for they sure. were yeah, you know, like the you know they're carrying the torch of like Western swing, like you know groups like Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. So his drummer has um, been having some health issues. This really great longtime drummer of his named Scott Matthews. He's been having some some issues and so he couldn't make this first week of the tour so i'm actually pulling double duty this week i'm oh, okay. playing playing with playing with junior brown for his set and then uh changing into my more festive christmas attire <laughs> for the reverend horton heat set and then jumping up and doing our thing yeah so and, and that just kind of got sprung on me yesterday oh. about three hours before the first show wow <laughs> so, i was yeah, gonna ask you what you did like, to prepare no, yeah, there was basically nothing. <laughs> now, what I should say is, is Junior was a guest of ours during that week of uh, shows that we did in Austin last month, mm-hmm. where he he was he was one of the special guests that for two for two nights of that six night run, he came up on stage and we backed him up playing his stuff. Like we played like six or seven of his songs. So, you know, I I, I know about six or seven of them, and I've heard a bunch of other songs is you know he was actually on this christmas tour with us last year as well okay Okay. so i'm pretty familiar with his music and also you know his style like for the drummers he he wants like snare and brushes that's basically what his gig okay so it went really well last night he was really really happy with how it went and he's notorious uh for being hard on drummers so they actually had a another drummer that showed up that I guess was potentially going to play this week with them. Mm-hmm. And he was dismissed before the gig, actually, is why. <laughs> that that would have, yet yeah, last night was supposed oh. to be his first night and he didn't make it to the to the showtime. So, he didn't, you <laughs> I'm mean not like... exactly sure. What, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what exactly went down, but. Um, wow. They asked me, like, kind of like after I think they sound checked, they asked me if I would be interested in sitting oh, in for wow. the week. And, and, okay. and as they're asking me that, I'm seeing the other drummer packing up his snare drum and cymbal and oh, heading out to his car. So, yeah, it was kind of dark. And, like, you know, I, I felt bad because they, they're standing there talking to me, like, while the guy is packing up. While? So obviously, it, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, it had just gotten, it had just gotten, it had just went down basically shit got real so man. i went in <laughs> real fast <laughs> <laughs> so i ran and i ran and asked jim you know the rev if if he was cool with that because you know it's a little bit weird and in, in certain situations probably wouldn't be the coolest thing to do um yeah but he you know he reveres like junior and uh, and really you know thinks a lot of him and you know in in, in an effort you know in, to keep the show you know 
really happen. And he's like, yeah, go ahead and do it, man. It'll be fun. You know, just, just, just don't get sent home by junior. Cause then what are we going to do for our show? <laughs> you get fired <laughs> off. You get fired. You get fired off his gig. Are you going to be able to play ours? Or are you going to just have to go home? <laughs> that's a trip. But you know what? That's really but, cool. Uh, that's a really cool point. Like, like there's a show, there's a, there's a performance that's happening and, and, and you have to be, I mean, it, that you were aware to to ask the Rev, like, hey, man, can I, are you okay with this? Because they're going to see me on mm-hmm. stage, and then I'm going to come out with you. I mean, granted, with the reindeer, right. with the with the Christmas, <laughs> the reindeer <laughs> ears, I mean, I know that. But yeah, yeah, with the Santa Claus hat. <laughs> sure, I get that. Um, wow. But okay. yeah, it, it's the kind of thing where, you know, like, it, you know, it could it could be considered like a little bit, you know, JIV positive. So like <laughs> a little jive, if I, if I were to just kind of like assume that he would have been cool with it, you know, and, and next thing you know, like I'm playing, you know, it, it looks like, Oh, well, who is he really the drummer for? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, that it's kind of, and it's just a little bit unprofessional. So yeah, like I knew right away, it's like, I needed to talk to Jim and he actually thanked me for asking him. And so I felt good about that. Well, listen, thanks again, man. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to throw this on the episode and get ready to uh, turn it around for the morning. Thanks, Matt. Sounds hey. good, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Brother. Bye. Bye-bye. So here's my conversation with Greg Bissonette and Kenan Wiley. The basic convention has, uh, you know, they have these, these fundamental theories. And uh, so we, Hal Leonard kind of chose to feature Greg on the drum set one. And we applied for a clinic. And, and that was to kind of, um, you know, display the book at the same time. Because the book is a educational tool that, that um you know, explains, for lack of a better term, fundamentals of drum set. Mm-hmm. And, um it was, uh, you know, we, we kind of explain how we start from the beginning, you know, from, from ground zero, that's setting up your drums, to, you know, basic counting and what the book does. And, uh, you know, Greg demonstrated a lot of different styles that are in the book and talked about, uh, you know, features of the book um, that would lead people to, you know, maybe get interested in something that for their teaching of their students. So it was kind of driven it was kind of driven in a way uh, more educational based than maybe performance, but okay. I mean, it leads to performance, you know, so they're kind right. of tied in together. But, um, so, you know, Greg did such a good job as, as far as conveying that. And I just kind of stepped up and talked about if you purchase the book, this is kind of what happens when you get into it, how it's used and, and, uh, you know, how, you know, what we think it can do for your kids. So um, that's kind of what what the whole clinic was geared towards. Okay. And Matt, if I could chime in, you know, this would never have happened if Kenan and I wouldn't have been, you know, longtime friends. We've done a bunch of clinics together. He he runs an incredible percussion program down mm-hmm. in Dallas, and we're we're buds. And I went to North Texas, and I've I've lived in Dallas, and we we've known each other for years through our mutual friend Lauren Vogelweiss, who's my drum clinic agent. So Kenan, when he finished the book. He actually requested, you know, for Hal Leonard to to have me do the the, the uh, accompanying videos, playing his, you know, uh, play along, which was great. And I played several of them at the basic uh, convention, but also kind of going through the book. You know, we went through it uh, sort of together, where we talked about each section of the book, and it's just so, as Kenan mentioned, from ground zero to playing gigs with advanced Afro-Cuban funk 
six-man charts with figures, country, music, a calypso, I mean, all these different styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of did just the, the most amazing job. It's, it's called the Complete Drum Set Book, and it is, from ground zero to going out and playing gigs. And I love doing those play-alongs. And we had such a crowd of, of pros that I respect, and they were all sitting there on the side of everyone from Aaron Spears to Glenn Sobel to Don Pondularo and Jeff Hamilton and uh, just all these great pros, uh, pro drummers in the industry. And Karen, they loved your play-alongs. That's, That's awesome. You know, it, it, it's um, when Hal Leonard came to me about it, they, they didn't have, quote, a drum set method. They had a lot of drum set books but not really a method. They wanted something that would be kind of a hallmark book for them that they could, they could, they could, uh, they could recommend to people say, Hey, this is a book that you could use. And it, it teaches kids, you know, who know nothing about music or drums. And if they want to learn how to play the drums, this is kind of where you go. It talks about rhythm. It talks about technique. Um, and it's, it's a very, you know, I, I, it is very logical in the sequencing of it. Um, it really, it does, yeah, it it just it goes it goes slow, but then it does pick up pace as you move along. And there's like like Greg said, there's two books. There's a book one and a book two. Mm-hmm. We can buy them together in a complete method. But um, you know, it 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 offers a lot of really cool play-alongs on everything. And you know, one of the things that that I kind of said during the clinic that I really like is, you know, with this Hal Leonard product, you can go in there and you can put in a code, and it takes you to their website. Right. And when you go to the website, you put in your code of your book, and, it, and then all of a sudden the chapters come up, and you can you can see Greg's video, you can see, or you can play along with you know with um, with the track, and then it allows you to speed it up or slow it down. Oh or wow. You can look it. And it's really, really cool. I mean, like, say for instance, I go in there sometimes, and if I, if I, if I like what I'm playing, but I think, you know, I'd love to play this a little faster. You can move it up 10, 20 beats and play along with it, and it's the same thing. So the versatility is just off the charts because you can you're not locked into one tempo, yeah. and you can move it up and down with with a with a with the special uh, software they have on online that allows you to do that. Okay. So okay. it really is. Um, it, it has a lot of uh, a lot of options to do different things. That's what I like about this book. It's very very flexible and a ton of options on how to use it. You know, and um, I mean, you know, every drummer likes to play along with stuff. I mean, that's yeah. kind of why we do. I mean, you know, I was in North Texas, but eighty percent of my practice time playing with music and not really doing what I'm supposed to do. And uh, so this offers a lot of opportunities to play along. You know, yeah. and after you learn the skill, you can you can turn on a track and you. Can to play it with it you can just loop it over and over and over you know till you get you know till you get tired of it and um it's just it it's really fresh in that sense there's not mm-hmm. a lot of books mm-hmm. that do what this does right and matter so, if i could just add that i've never i mean i'm 59 years old and i've been working on a drum book since i was eight or nine and i've never seen a book that goes a to z like this. I mean, I haven't seen a book that goes A to Z anyway, but not like the way Kenneth said, logically laid out. As far as, I, I was going to ask you like how you guys connected, but you've known each other for a long time. You've done clinics together. And, and was that connection through North Texas? Was that through Hal Leonard? That was after we went to school. Greg was a little bit before I was. I'm a little older. Older, I'm mature. He's more, more older, mature. Yeah. mature more more so. <laughs> <laughs> he got out a little bit before I did, but I'm more we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we met 
we actually met uh, around 1995 when he came to Marcus to kind of play with our students here. And then and ever since then, we cool. Tell them about yeah. the, the most amazing drum program because of Canon in the world. <laughs> it really is. It is. It's, 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 we've had a lot of success. There's no doubt, but it's, it's, um, we brought, we brought Greg to play. And so ever kind of since 1995, we've just kind of been in contact and connection. And he actually came back about two or three years ago and played with us again. And, and we've, he's, I think, uh, one time he called me about some other books I had written. Uh, you use with your son. <laughs> That's right. You helped me out getting my son going with uh, reading your, yeah. your beginning books. Yeah. Yeah, so I've I've kind of been in the whole you know kind of education field for quite some time, and I got into to publications and writing books, and a lot of my stuff is used in the state of Texas and stuff, and mm-hmm. so I guess that's kind of where I am with that. So you have a, a percussion program, uh, Kenan, at uh, Marcus High School in, uh, is it Flower yes, Mound, yes. Texas? Yes, in Flower Mound, Texas. Okay. It, it just amazes me, like, it's it just from just how things have developed in for with percussion programs, like outside of drum corps and, and, and marching band and stuff like that, that we were doing back in the day, how just how expansive these things have gotten. The music programs around the country you hear are being cut, arts programs being cut, and then you find these schools where kids are doing four mallets as sophomores and juniors yeah, in high it's, school. It's, it's, it's unbelievable that kids, and you know, a lot of that is because these kids are getting instruction. They're getting more percussion instruction in the schools. You know, there's kids right. that are doing, doing what I'm doing at these, at these high schools or middle schools. And so it's, it's very common now. I mean, in, especially in Texas to see people teach percussion for a full-time living. That's what they do. They're not a band director. They're a percussion right. instructor. Yeah. And, yeah. And Matt, kids, I got, I got, Matt, I got yeah. a little insight on Texas when I was at North Texas. Yeah. Yeah. You drive down the street to the filling station, you see, and all they talk about at the filling station before it was self-serve was talk about how the local high school football team's doing and who we're playing Friday night. And if the football team's going to be good, the band's got to be good. And you know, there's a lot of money in Texas. So that money goes right into Ken and Wiley's pocket. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I, I'm, I'm looking in my pocket. I don't see anything. Right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think I think also the internet has a lot to do with it as well. I mean, these kids are getting amazing exposure to percussion, you know, via via the internet. I yeah. mean, you can you, if you want to watch, you know, Dave Weckl play a drum solo, go on the internet. If you right. want to watch Instant. Greg Bissonnette, go. I mean, all these people go on the internet to watch all these Ted Cruz. things. And yeah, and when I was when I when Tom I was Cruise. that age, we didn't have that. We had to get no, the record out and transcribe it. You know, yeah, that's yeah. that's the way it was. Well, do you back think then. that that there's there's a challenge in that? Like the access access to information is great, but I mean, is, is there any drawback to this new dynamic that of this information age that teachers have to Porno. contend with? Right. Porno I mean, how do you explain that? How do you explain? That? <laughs> <laughs> you got the kids watching. You know. Uh, great drum videos, but then you got to be careful because the next thing you know, they could be looking around seeing the bad stuff. So there's good and bad with everything. Well, I was there's... in China now. I was in China not long ago, and you know what these Chinese guys said to me? These drum instructors, they said, "Oh, we don't have YouTube. You can't go on YouTube in China." And I said, "Well, why not?" And they said, "Well, 
freedom is good, but too much freedom is bad. And I said, being an American, I said, no, too much freedom is not bad. Too much freedom is, is you, we are free. You're not free. So this is the way we get, but there are some drawbacks. You know, you got your kids that can see everything, but hopefully you can steer them in the right direction. Because like Kenan said, you can watch Buddy Rich play a drum solo and you can use an app and slow it down and see it backwards, you know. Right. You can just analyze. Right. I mean, do you find that, I've spoken with different teachers on the show, and I kind of wonder if there's any deconstruction that has to happen, but, you know, like say, okay, look, this is great, I'm glad you checked this out, but let's talk about technique that maybe you didn't grasp when you first checked this out. Yeah, I mean, you can, you still have to have a level of, um, you know, you, you, that doesn't account for how much you practice and how much you listen. I mean, you still have, there has to be a lot of other factors involved besides just getting the information visually from the internet or mm-hmm. listening to it. I mean, you, you really need to gain the advice of a, of a really good teacher and a, a really good player to, to, to master that. I mean, you, you just can't sit there and, and, and copy it from a video and expect it to be just like right. that. There's still, there's still an element of, of of um you know personal uh interpretation and and you have to have you know you, you have to have somebody who can help you you have to have a mentor and i and think I, it's real important that that doesn't get lost and i think the biggest drawback about kids being 100 percent internet and play alongs and youtube and even the greatest website to me which is the drum channel uh you get great interviews you get great lessons but the thing that a lot of young drummers are missing is the thing that Ken and I grew up doing, and that's playing with other musicians yes. live in a room. A bass player with a pulse who's living and breathing, who if you play a tempo, he might pull you down, he might push you. A guitar player that's just had a quadruple mocha choca latte yaya, and he's rushing. Or the bass player whose girlfriend just broke up with him, and oh. he's dragging. And, you know, yeah. as a drummer, <laughs> as a drummer, you got to be able to deal with that. And playing with humans, that like yeah. Ringo told me once. I was warming up backstage on a Ringo tour about a year ago, and he says, "What are you doing that for?" I said, "I'm just warming up, getting my hands ready to play that drum solo in Black Magic Woman." He said, "Okay." He says, "You know, I never played the drums ever unless I was playing with the other guys." And I said, "You never just sat down and played the drums?" And he said very innocently, "He said, why would I? I'm a yeah. drummer that plays with musicians, and that element is." is pretty, it's really missing because we've gotten so much out of the internet and they do play-alongs and you hear people and they post play-alongs, check me out and sort of like, come to my gig and listen to my band. It's Check this out, you know, like it, subscribe and post, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot about that. I mean, there's, there's people that are a practice room you know, musicians and they don't know how to interact with live musicians because that's all they know. They've been in their, in their little you know, a laboratory working all the stuff on the internet <laughs> and they get out yeah. in public and they don't, it doesn't work. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't translate. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, there's still a lot of value to the internet. I don't, I mean, you have to learn how to, how to incorporate that in your, in your, in your teaching and your learning. But, um, I think the reason these kids are getting really good these days, I think a lot of it has to do with, there's just more people teaching kids how to play percussion. Mm. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing. It's amazing. The level of these kids. I mean, it is, I just walked out of a room. You heard that metronome going, these kids are playing this ensemble that they're going to play in Chicago next week. And I'm just watching them going, 
my God, I couldn't even do that one as in, you know, in college. <laughs> so what I'm kind of concerned about, because Kenan and I grew up in an age where if you went to a hotel and you went to the bar at a hotel, it was a band playing. If you went to a wedding, there was a band playing, a bar mitzvah, a band playing. If there was a high school dance, there was a band playing. And now they're, there, a lot of times there isn't, and I'm excited about the new bands. Like we had the Beatles when I was a little kid, and that made us want to go out and buy a drum set and cymbals and play in a band. But now we've got bands like the great band from Calum, I mean, uh, Frankie Moves, Michigan, Greta Van Fleet. Friends mm-hmm. of mine, they're, they're just an amazing rock band. They play live together, and people and kids are getting excited about yes. buying acoustic drums and cymbals and playing in a band. Yes. That can't get lost. That has no. to stay. Yeah. Sales of drum sets have gone down. Sales of guitars have gone they down. They sure have. Now my 13, I, have, I have two boys, 13 and 16. And my 13-year-old just had his first band rehearsal. He's playing guitar and a little bit of bass. And, you know, all his friends and one of my students uh, were here. And, you know, we helped set up the PA. Of course, now, ironically, I was in Georgia playing a wedding while he was here. So, I, uh, you know, everything that you're saying right now, Greg, is is happening. It, like, it can happen, but it can't, again, it can't get lost. Because I tell you right. what, man, no matter what generation, no matter who, who these kids are or whoever we think these kids are, when they feel and hear that energy coming off uh, the stage from a live event, they get it. They get it. Nothing can replace that connection of a live musician to that. Uh, and with Kenan's, with Kenan's title of our clinic, Fundamentals, I mean, I put the the word fun first. I said, it's yeah. fun recording in the studio and playing with other musicians in the studio. But when you play in front of a live audience or people dancing, yeah. I said, that is why we started playing drums. You make people happy. You make them snap their fingers, clap their hands, tap their feet, bob their head, but especially dance. I mean, that's the ultimate. Yeah. You know, well, one of my questions is what, like what advice would you give to teachers that are utilizing these books uh, as a teaching resource? Well, hopefully it will, it will, it will prevent them or not prevent them, but maybe alleviate having to use 25 different books. <laughs> Cause right. a lot of people, you know, I talk to drum set teachers all the time. Like, well, what do you use? Well, I use this book, this book, this book, this book, and that book. <laughs> and I'm like, because each one does something different, but one of them doesn't cover everything. Now, I don't right. know if you're ever going to find, I don't know if you're ever going to find a book that does it all. But it's good if you can find a book that (laughs) it's good if you can find a book that does most of it, you know. And I think this is a book that could be a curriculum book that could teach a kid, you know, rhythm, technique, and 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 uh, uh, you know, uh, coordination, you know, everything that you could you could probably want to teach a kid. Now, you may want to sub put some stick control exercises in there. I mean, that's awesome. You know, I don't don't think that's going to go away, but I mean, using a book for one thing, for one, you know, I'm going to use this rock beat book for this, and I'm going to use this Latin book for this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you start, these kids walk in and they got 10 different books and you're like, okay, let's pull out that book. Well, hopefully maybe this will be a, a, a book that's all encompassing maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, that, that was the hope of it, is that it would be more of a method and not a, a specialized book. Because right. there's tons of specialized books. You know, right. you, you, go, you go to Al Leonard Library, you go to some of these other ones, and they have a lot of different books, how to country drum, how to mm-hmm. rock drum, mm-hmm. you know, everything. <laughs> and, and those are great to specialize in, but this book hopefully will be a very 
a very general uh, general book that will cover a lot of topics well too. Not not just like skimming it, but really covering it and taking it through the whole book. Um, one thing cool about this book is that once you learn it, it keeps it going on through the rest of the book. You know what I'm saying? Right. Once you learn something, you don't drop it. You just keep it going through the rest of the book. And nice, that's real nice. important. That's, how, that's a big part of learning. You know, We call that exponential. The kid lays down the foundation, how to set the drums up. What do you, this is a bass drum pedal. How to hold your stick. This is a whole note. These are half notes. Mm-hmm. And then everything you learn, it just grows on the next level. You just keep getting better. and you, it's all, It all works. It's the best Trump book ever. <laughs> well, and I and I, it seems like there's there's so many aspects of the book. That from what I what I've seen is that you you know when you if you want to take the student into uh, you know syncopation or stick control like you said they've have a good grasp and a good understanding of the uh, yeah. of the theory and the rhythm and all those things so they can apply it and it makes sense faster. Um, one of the things that I came yeah. across um, that I thought was really cool because I was I've been struggling with this with a student, and you guys had something when I was doing some research on the book, and I'm like, oh, this is great, and so I ended up using it in the lesson. Is uh, this the flow sticking system? Uh, yeah. And now, I, is that is that something that's been around? Am I just have have I missed that, or is that something that you guys? Yeah, yeah, right there. No, no. No, that's something that's been around. I mean, mo- you have to develop something that's fluid. I, you know, most people are right-handed. I'm left-handed, but every time I teach a class of, you know, anywhere from 10 to 14 percussionists, there's maybe one or two kids that are left-handed, and the rest of them are right-handed. And that's just the world we live in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having said that, that they, they're going to favor their right hand. So we, that's natural for them to do that. Um, and so we get them kind of flowing and when we take out, when we take out a note, well, then the rhythm stays the same, but we just kind of keep the hands moving. And so, you know, it's not something that you have to use, but it's always good to give kids like some sort of system that they can, they can, they can, uh, they can grow from. And then, you know, they're going to learn more stickings as they get on, but at least they have something to go back to when they see a rhythm. Like if they see one EN, two EN, oh, I'll just go right, left, right, right, left, right. Cause my hand's going to stay in ace notes, you right, know, right. Or if I'm going to see one E or two E or three E, I'm just going to drop my right hand on the downbeat and play the ease and of my left hand. Cause right. that's what I learned. It kind of flows. Yes. Now there's times where they may play it differently and that's, totally fine but you want to give them some sort of home base you know what i'm saying it's like exactly. some kind of like this is your default <laughs> yes. you know if, and for a lack of better term this is your default stick and go with this and uh that's why i came up with that flow stick i mean that's not something i came up with i mean that was i that's the way i learned when i started drumming you know it's just like these patterns that uh-huh. you kind of go over and over and just learn these stickings that work and then pretty soon you start seeing these rhythms on the page and you don't even you just play the rhythm because of the sticking if that makes sense it, it and it does. gets real it can, you know it can get very therapeutic in that way you're just kind of like wow i'm just it's kind of rolling out of my hands now because I'm so used to these patterns that I'm, you know, the counting is becoming almost secondary because these, I just, I associate the rhythm I see with the sticking, you know? And you, and you did a great so job it, and there was a great explanation there of that. I mean, but, and, and from a kind of a base explanation, it's almost like the right hand is playing the one and the and the left hand is playing the E's uh-huh. and the us, no matter what the rhythm. And then there are obviously some exception, but it, I love the way you put that like as a home base, because I, I find myself yeah. doing that 
I, I, doing that with the student and explaining to him, I said, this is a, this is a great place to start. This is a home base. Man, and this is a shameless plug, but if you like that, man, you got to check out my snare drum book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it, it's all about that, dude. It's a great snare drum book. Okay. It's, uh, my, you, can go to, you can go to my website. It's uh, kwiley.com. One of the things I noticed in your book is you have this open arm approach. Uh, and, and I've never seen that in a book. Like you're like, okay, the right hand goes on the hi hat, and this maybe kind of goes into what you were talking about—the left hand lead. Um, yeah. Well, that, I, that's because that's becoming real popular, especially with R and B drummers. Man, if you watch a lot of these drummers, they're putting their left hand on the hi hat, and they play the backbeat with the right hand. Mm-hmm. And some of that, Greg can talk about this as well, but you know, some of that is not just left-handed. You know, they may be left-handed, they may be favoring their left hand and playing like that, but it's real common. I've seen a lot of a lot of drummers play open-handed like that. Interesting. Um, yeah. You know, to me, it, I mean, to me it, all came, it all started with Billy Cobham. You could go on YouTube, you could find videos of Billy Cobham playing exactly, you know, left hand on the right cymbal and a right-handed traditional grip, traditional grip on the right hand. And he's swinging with this jazz group, maybe in the early 60s before he was with Miles. He's swinging like crazy. And so when we all heard him come out with this Mahavishnu Orchestra and his own Billy Cobham band with Spectrum and all those great albums he had in the 70s, he's the guy that I think inspired all of us Simon Phillips included to mm-hmm. just you know split the drum set down the middle. Everything on the left side, play with the left. Everything on the right side, play with the right. I can't do that. I'm not ambidextrous. My right is stronger. I'm right-handed, and I lead with my right most of the time. So, but I usually do left flams. Studying with Tony Williams, I I noticed most of his were left flams, where the left stick is high, right stick is low, and so I. I do left flams most of the time, but I'm not that ambidextrous guy. But Tenon's right. A lot of R&B guys, you watch them on YouTube, a lot of gospel chops guys, open-handed. Well, yeah, the guy that used to play with uh, on the Arsenio Hall show, Chuck, Chuck Morris, I think, is, what was the guy's sure. name? Um, his cousin uh, is a great karate guy. Yeah, I don't think it was Chuck Morris. I forgot his name. Oh, he was an awesome, <laughs> no, it is awesome drummer. Is it? Yeah, I think that's what his name was. And he played open-handed a lot. And then, you know, you, you can see a lot of these church drummers are playing open-handed because a lot of church drummers, not all, but uh, there's quite a few of them that are very, um, they're very uh, home-trained. You know, they just kind of play the way they feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what they put, man. They put their left hand on the hi-hat, and they put, man, they were grooving so hard. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, that sounds amazing. And so I wanted to mention that in the book because it's not wrong to do that. I mean, if you want to yeah. play that way, if that's comfortable for you, go for it. You know, if it works, yeah. um, if you're going to see that. You are going to see people doing that. So it's, 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 it's important for people to know that's what that, you know, it's just an open-handed technique. You know, when I was 18 in North Texas, I was playing – you know, marimba, xylophone, four mallet marimba, chimes, timpani, quads. None of that was traditional grip. And then I was playing harder in certain bands, and I was getting really bad sore on the top of my left hand from match grip rock. And then I had these, like, Neil Peart Tom's Hawaii Five-O that started way on the other side of my hand. <laughs> I couldn't get my left hand traditional grip back. So I said, you know, I'm going to go back to my roots. I started playing in bands because of Ringo. And Ringo's the first guy that got me into match grip. To me, it's a much better grip. You, you don't have, I got so many friends, I won't mention their names, but you would know all these guys that are having operations, that are having major arthritis. It's not a rock grip, traditional grip. Mm-hmm. It's match grip, you use the muscle, you use way more muscle, 
Henry Oxfell at North Texas got me into that. You know, so many more muscles in your left hand when you play match grip, when you play, especially when you're playing loud. So that's, that was kind of a self-taught thing. When I saw Ringo, I was like, I'm going to do that. But I loved playing traditional, but I rarely played traditional anymore. I was using it for jazz. Then I saw my favorite jazz drummer, Bill Stewart, playing match. And right. I went, forget about traditional. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. We had Bill. We had Bill on last week. Actually, his his episode. Well, no, two weeks ago he was on. I was real excited to have him. Um, yeah. his plan well, is, is insane. Just super insane. And and you know it's so it's interesting because using Bill as an example of the development of the style of jazz and the development of drum set is kind of leading me on to to kind of expanding on that that question of the open handed thing because it made me think about. Uh, the development of the drum set and what a young instrument as a drum set, you know, what a young instrument it, it is. And if you ever see Fred Armisen's uh, Stand Up for Drummers special. Oh, yeah, Fred's a good friend of mine. He has this great thing where he goes through and talks about the beginning of the 20th century and he plays all these different styles on different drum sets. And it was on like. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, on Netflix. And it was hilarious, but also it was like, oh my God, he's right. It's like, look, how yeah. we're, we're playing. And then from the 50s to the 60s, 70s, 80s, and then like the big Tom things in the 90s and stuff like that. So there is an evolution of this kid, there's an evolution of drums. But is that was that a consideration when you're developing this book? Because we have books that we've been studying out of for I've got books that are twenty years old that we've always worked out of. But I mean, to make this book relevant for decades well, to come. Can I can I chime in on that one? Yes, Kenan please. has really the way he's worded it, and when I was doing the video play on when I was uh, when I would access what he had written, he's written it verbally in a way. Uh, in his text that he writes, that keeps it very, very, he's not pinning it down to a certain thing. He's always saying things like, well, if you choose to do this, and you might want to check this out. He's also got references of all kinds of people to check out, bands to check out. It's kind of, can you go into that a little more? Yeah, it's, it's you know, we're not trying to be like, this is not the only method to use. It's very open. It's very um non when i say i don't really like to write a book that says you have to do it this way and before i wrote this book by the way i looked at all the books that were on the market everyone i could find <laughs> you know and i looked at that that door that were quote drum set method books and i really tried to find out what they were missing mm-hmm. and a lot of them to me a lot of a lot of to me were missing well first of all they were missing logic and good sequencing that's what they were missing and they were missing um uh, a lot of these older books, if you know what I mean, they would like introduce, they would say, Hey, this is an eighth note. This is a quarter note. And these are 16th notes. Good luck. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and then, then there's like 40 pages of beats and stuff. You're like, well, heck, how do I do this? That doesn't make any sense at all. And so we would introduce things and then, and then we would introduce something and then give you exercises that apply to what we just introduced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we would introduce something, then we would do something else. And we would add that and also bring back what you already know and kind of mix it with what you got. And so it's just, it's called, it's called sequencing is what it is. I mean, mm. it's just a lot of these books that are out there that have been out there for many years. Like, you know, I don't want to mention any names, but some of the other method books that you find out there, they just, um, they're not very logical in there. They, you know, and I don't want to say, Maybe it's a little different because this book was written by somebody who teaches a lot. <laughs> and some of the other books 
were written by people that maybe didn't teach as much. And there is a, I'm not saying that what I did is the only way to do it, but it, it does, it does kind of reek of some sequencing. Like you can, you can feel it and you can sense it that there's something going on here. Like, okay, I, this guy's doing something logically in order. He's bringing, uh, you know, eighth notes before sixteenths. When he brings in sixteenth notes, it's a very basic patterns. He's not putting, you know, fast sixteenth notes on the bass drum. He's being very logical about what he's introducing because you know the kids can't play it yet. And so that's what book two is for. Nice. We get into more syncopation in the book two, and we talk about like when you, you know, take out a sixteenth note and put a sixteenth rest in. Yes. That's all for book two, not in book one. Gotcha. And so it just it it goes slow and it mm-hmm. goes methodical and it, the sequencing is really good. So to answer your question about what makes it different, yes, I think that's what makes it okay. very much different than another book that on. I love it. And I, I also it. I also think that when a kid takes that book home, you know, a lot of those other books you're referencing those other method books, you need a teacher to interpret it because the kids are looking at, at it going, what the heck? But with your book, Kenan, it talks about in the written text how like a kid could sit and, and before he falls asleep at night, be reading it and be learning and getting it because it makes sense for the student even when he's not with the teacher. It's kind of user-friendly. User-friendly. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, Greg, let me ask you one last thing, and, and I'll let you go. What's coming up uh, for you maybe uh, at the uh, to, to the end of the year? I, I know you – did you just finish up touring with Ringo? Yeah, we just played a, uh, our last gig of this particular leg of the tour at the Greek Theater, we, my favorite place in the world to play. My kids and my sister and my family was all out at the Greek Theater in L.A., but then we're, uh, we're going again to Japan coming up this spring and we're doing another u.s tour so ringo is 78 years young he's the most healthy guy i know let alone being 78 but his his diet his exercise his playing he's just stronger than ever and full of peace and love he's a bright light out there and he he's that guy that says hey i'm not gonna sit at home on the couch i make an album every year i go on the road i go around the world and i make people happy so it's the greatest gig I could have ever dreamed of. That's and amazing. When I was seven and I saw the Beatles in Detroit, you know, as a kid with my dad and my brother, I was like, you got to be kidding. I'm on the same stage with him. So my drum company, Dipson, just sent me a, a picture right before I got on the phone with you guys of my new kit. We were talking in St. Louis at the Fox Theater, this beautiful theater. And it was Jim Duting from Dixon, Jeff Jonas, Ringo Tech, and my tech, who's a great drummer too. And Ringo, we're having dinner. And we're talking about the color. And I mentioned purple sparkle. And Ringo looked at this purple flower in the middle of the table. And he goes, yeah, I like that deep, deep purple, like the band. So that's our joke. It's a deep purple kit. Like, <laughs> like, like the band. And that's my alarm on my phone that i got to go in there. Yeah. Greg, thank you so much. I'll be in touch for sure. But I appreciate okay, your time, great. sir. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Ken. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. See Happy ya. Thanksgiving, buddy. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Awesome. Hey, uh, so you have other books uh, you've mentioned. Uh, I know uh, one of them, uh, Kenan, is you have, uh, let me see, uh, uh, Simple Steps to Successful Beginning Percussion. Uh, but uh, Yeah, that, that yeah, there, what it is is kind of a series. That there's a Simple Steps to Successful Snare Drumming, and then there's one to mallets and more percussion. And the one that you just mentioned to successful beginning percussion is actually both of those books kind of combined. Okay. And they, they kind of work together, which is really interesting. Like if you were teaching a, 
a class of percussionists, you could actually incorporate both the books simultaneously. Like you could do one chapter. If you wanted to do a snare drum one day, you could do mallets the next day and they fit together. <laughs> Would this so be a book for teachers to, to use or in conjunction with students? You could, you could use them, uh, you could use them in a private studio or you could use them in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, you know, I guess I wrote them more with, you know, for a classroom, but I mean, it, there's nothing that dictates that you can't do it. I mean, I, I have a lot of people that use them in private studios and stuff. Um, you know, it just kind of depends on what what uh, what area of percussion you want to you want to be teaching your your kid. If you're just going to do some snare drum stuff, then probably just get the snare snare book. But if you want to do some mallet stuff with them, you could obviously use the combined book as well if you want to do that. And then we have other books that kind of go along with that. There's a there's a couple of solo books. There's one for really, and this is all based. I should say that all of my stuff is based for a very uh, beginnerist type percussion. This is all like first, maybe second year players. Okay. And um, I have like some solo books, you know, for mallet and for snare drum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a sight reading book out that's out, and a DVD that kind of goes over a lot of the different instruments and stuff. So it's and then a, uh, then a bunch of ensembles for for percussion ensembles. So it's it's um. You know, it's not a huge library, but it is, It is. you know, it's all kind of catered toward that first year or two of percussion. That's kind of been my my interest level, you know, for the last 15, 20 years, just because there was really nothing out there for those level of kids that was really good. <laughs> and so yeah. I was like, you know, we got to start... We got to start producing some literature for these people, because right. you know, and, and and I think that's another reason why these kids are are you you, you see these better percussionists because there's more you know there's more things for them to do now as beginners and they're starting to get more um you know they're starting to get exposed to maybe a little bit more stuff that's helping them um gain gain success quicker than maybe. 20, 30 years ago, all we had nothing gets, I mean, I, have, I worked out a Haskell Hart book <laughs> yeah, and I worked right. out of, you know, some of those earlier books, but you know, those are, those are great books, but those really, that's not something I could use in my classroom right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, <laughs> you know? I, I totally it get it. Really, really hard to do. This episode is brought to you by drumsellers.com, the niche marketplace where drummers, drum retailers, and drum manufacturers buy and sell their gear. List your drums for sale for free And the only fee is 4% if it sells. Simple. Check out all the new used vintage and custom drum eye candy at drumsellers.com. Every human learns at a different rate just about, and you, you don't know you don't know what's going to happen uh, when you when you work with a with a person and you start to teach them. You don't know you, you, you all you can do is is feed them you know at their at their at their level and kind of mm-hmm. see how much they like you say they digest and they take in, mm-hmm. and then you know then it becomes there's also not only that part but then there's the part of well how much how much effort are they going to put in? You know, like mm. a lot of people can digest it and they get it, but then some people don't put any effort in it and they don't practice and they don't get any better or they practice very little. And then I have some kids who don't digest quick, but they practice so much mm. that they do get better. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, I, is it, there's just a, a good teacher can recognize what's going on with the student. Like you can recognize that this kid has a lot of natural talent but they're not quite applying themselves. Gotcha. And then you can, you can recognize somebody that, that 
you know, really works really hard, but they just don't quite, it is, you know, it doesn't, they're not the sharpest knife in the drawer, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's not quite seeping in. So you, you, you just kind of have to be able to recognize the differences of, of, of how a person learns and, and then, and then adjust your teaching to that, you know what I'm right. saying? And, 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 and speak to them, speak their language, you know, what, whatever that is, if that's, they need more reps then do more reps with them. If yeah. they, if you need to explain things a little more intellectually to them, then you got to go that route. Sure. Um, and you just, you have to find out what buttons to push with that person. But you're right. It's interesting. Everybody, it just learns a different rate, you know, in a different way. And, and, um, you know, that's what makes teaching kind of fun. You don't know what, how it's going to go. <laughs> it all comes down to what you want out of your students and what you would like them to be able to do. And then you have to set goals. <laughs> I mean, this is all, I feel like I'm not talking to adults when I say this, I'm not talking to kids. <laughs> you have to set goals and you have to, you have to make sure that, that you stay with your plan and, and, and try to stick with that. And sometimes you have to adjust your plan. A lot of times you have to adjust your plan. Sure. It's, it, you know, sure. teaching is so fluid. You don't know what's going to happen. You may, um, you may, some weeks you may only get them twice. Some weeks you may get them three or four times. And so it's very, it's very fluid and you just have to be able to adjust with the flow and, and, but at the end of the day, you want to still have those, those, those prime targets that you, that you want them to be able to do. You got to achieve those. And I think if I was teaching in a private studio, I would have the same mindset. And I have taught privately a lot. I have, I used to teach privately before I started doing all classroom stuff. And so I did that for probably um, seven to eight years. And I taught at a college in Arlington. I've taught to college kids, whatever. You know, I've kind of had the whole gamut from really young to, you know, as old as you get for your as adulthood. I even taught adults as well. And, and like you said, it's, it's just amazing how there is this, um, you know, the pendulum shift, <laughs> right, right, so to speak, when right. it comes to the learning, you know, and and um, it's just that's what makes this kind of fun, you know. It's not somebody says, "Why do you like to teach?" And I said, "Because every day I don't know what's going to happen." <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know. It's like you just don't know what's going to happen sometimes when you show up. Like you know, it might be the day there's a light bulb moment, or maybe the day you go in there and you just grind it out more. And you don't know what's going to happen. So, I think it's um, it, there's some insight to human sense. psychology to the whole thing to see how people learn, oh, and, and and how the yeah, how, how teaching teaches you gives you a better understanding of the instrument. You know, when you're forced to explain it, when you're forced to exactly. explain your skill yeah. to somebody, it gives you a broader understanding. Yeah. You know, of, and what a what a great thing! You know, when I wrote all these books, I mean, I had to I had to explain. You have to be able to explain what you do and how you do it and why you do it. You know, yeah. and it has to. You know, you want to make sense on everything, and it's it is interesting. Um, I feel um, you know, it's been it's been a while for me. I've been teaching for a while, but I feel I'm still a life learner. I'm still learning how to do things. I don't. I don't. I don't, I would never think that I know how to do whatever it is I'm doing, but I feel more comfortable doing it now because I've had a lot of chances to, you know, to articulate it and to, uh, you know, to articulate to my kids, to, you know, uh, other educators or, or, um, you know, whoever, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, the more you can articulate it, the better you understand it, which is real helpful as well. I've got one kind of heavy question, one more question for you. Um, just as educators, is there something 
more that we can offer sometimes, especially to young people, that goes beyond drumming and just teaching music? Well, yeah, I think there is. I think, I think, you know, what I hope my kids learn from me is, is you know, learning a musical instrument is going to teach them other things, you know, especially things about, uh, you know, responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, how to take care, you know, they're doing that through taking care of their instrument, but that's a lifelong skill. Responsibility, they're, they're also asked to be, um, you know, punctual. They're asked to be... Um, uh, accountable for what they have. I think accountability is, is one of the biggest uh, life skills you can have. When somebody says that you're not accountable, that's not a good thing. You want to be accountable for, for what you do, for your actions, for, you know, whatever it is you do. And so I'm, you know, I preach to my kids quite a bit about those things about, you know, you, you need to be on time. You need to be accountable. You need to be responsible. You need to be respectful. And these are all things, these are life skills right. other than teaching the drum or, or, or through teaching the drum that we're, you know, we're, we're hopefully these kids are going to come out. And, uh, you know, especially not, you know, you can do that in a private studio, but even in a classroom setting, oh my gosh, it's even more powerful because, you know, I see those kids probably even more often than I would if I was teaching them once a week. And, you know, my impact on those kids is great. I got to remember everything that, that I say to them. They remember my words. They remember mm-hmm. everything. Yes. And, and you have to be careful what you tell kids and how you say it to them because they are, you are molding their future, man. You are, right. you are um, impacting their lives. Because, you know, when I teach kids at the school, we, you know, it's very evident that they're, they spend more time at school than they do at home sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you're not their parents, but you know what? You're probably one of the biggest influences in their lives. <laughs> and yeah. so that's a big, that's a big responsibility yes. and you have to, you have to own up to it and you have to be ready to, to, to mold these kids because, um, uh, and you know, with what I do too, just a little side note, I teach, I teach at a school, we start them in sixth grade and then they go through 12. I'm, I'm the only teacher in, in, you know, my fear schools and, and high school. I see my kids for seven years. So for seven years, they're going to be with me. And like, if you teach English, you'll see them like for one year or for one semester or something like that, you know? But if I'm going to see my kids for seven years, they're going to be with me. Then, you know what? I got to, I got to set them up good. You know, I got to, right. <laughs> I got to make sure they're ready to go into the real world with, with lifelong skills. Man, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I, I appreciate it. it. And, and uh, I'm excited about sharing this information on the, on the book, uh, Hal Leonard's uh, drum set method. You got two books, one and two, but also the compilation and just, just taking the time to, to speak to us and, and share some insight and, and I'm hoping that we have some listeners that are that are teachers that are gaining insight. And, and of course, I, I believe strongly believe that all of us are consummate students, so that we we carry that on. And um, as a matter of fact, I've got some practicing coming up in my future, my near future, like in in today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's, it's 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 been a pleasure, and man, you know, anytime, uh, anytime you want to talk, I'm all I'm all all about it. Awesome, awesome. Well, man, I will be in touch. But thank you, Kenan, again so much, and and good luck to you for the rest of the school year. Great. Have a have a good Thanksgiving, bud. All right. You too. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.
I want to thank both those guys for taking some time out of their busy schedule to speak to us. It was kind of fun to focus on one thing, and uh, I'm real excited to explore more of this book that these two have put together. It definitely is a really comprehensive book that I think is great for teachers and new students alike. And like Kenan mentioned, there is a great flow to it. It's definitely worth checking out. Stay tuned next week for Zach's interview. Also, uh, more information is coming with our 200th episode event, live streaming event that we are having here in Nashville. As uh, we get more of that stuff, uh, guests and all location confirmed, we will make those announcements. But please stay tuned for that. Again, we thank you so much for listening and hope to see you around. Bye-bye.